Alright guys, so this is SSD, Sustainable Self-Development, a podcast for people who want to get ahead in fitness and in life without driving themselves crazy. So if you want to look up a year from now and think, damn, I came a long way, but you don't want to burn out in the process as you get there, you came to the right place. We'll get into today's episode in just a second, but just want to let you know that we have an awesome community on Facebook in the form of a group which you can join, where we discuss and debate things, drop ideas. Ideas, debate over which person to interview for the next podcast and all that good stuff. So go to Facebook, type in sustainable self-development or you can just check the show notes here and click the link there and you'll find the sustainable self-development Facebook group and you can join. Also, not sure where you're listening to this right now, but this podcast is available on a variety of platforms, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbeam, and YouTube. You can find it on all of these platforms if you just type in sustainable self-development because luckily nobody is weird enough to name themselves in such a way except me. So look me up on these places and follow the show by subscribing so that you don't miss future episodes. And with that, let's get into the show. Hey guys, Abel here. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about something that I wanted to talk about for a long time, so much so that I actually wrote an article on this on my website a bit over a year ago. And I was actually going to launch my website with that article, but eventually I didn't do it, mainly because my website looked so abysmally ugly that it was unpresentable. And it's still the case, uh, but I'll link to that article nevertheless so that you can read it. I also recorded a video on this at some point, which I ended up not publishing, even though it was almost fully edited because I just had to cringe when I watched it back. Uh, but now, a bit over a year later, I think in this podcast format, it is actually timely that I put this out. Um, and there are two things that made this whole thing relevant for me. One, uh, my recent interview with Lyle McDonald, where we touched on the annoying initial phase of fat loss, where seemingly nothing is happening except that you start looking flatter and softer. And we talked about some of the um, physiological underpinnings of all of this. And the other one was actually an ad that popped up on my messenger application on my phone the other day from uh, Lazar Angelov. Uh, probably you know who that is. Maybe it has popped up to you as well. Uh, but it was a picture of some really jacked and shredded dude. And the caption above that, that was saying something like, it takes four weeks for you to see changes in your body, eight weeks for your friends to see it, and then 12 weeks for the world to take notice. And then, of course, it was selling some meal plan or something like that. Uh, but, you know, I was reading that and I thought to myself, uh, yeah, that's pretty much exactly correct. You know, the for the world to take notice part is discussable, of course. Uh, the world doesn't give a crap about you or me. But I guess a more humble and um, realistic iteration of this sense would have been, it takes four weeks for you to notice a change in your body, eight weeks for people close to you to notice it, and then 12 weeks for people that aren't close to you to notice. And with that, I want to talk to you about fat loss momentum. And I'll explain what I mean by that exactly. But first, as many of you know, fat loss is a relatively gratifying process compared to gaining muscle in the sense that there is quicker visual feedback and quicker positive reinforcement for your efforts. You know, with muscle building, if you're a brand newbie and you're in your first year of training, by doing everything correctly, you can build 25 pounds of muscle, which is definitely on the higher end. Um, but even then, you're still looking at two pounds of muscle per month, which is not a lot. But, you know, with all the water and glycogen that you gain with that muscle in your first year, you can see pretty profound changes in your physique month to month. Now, 
these impressive and relatively frequent changes might persist even in your second year of training if you have good genetics. But by the time you're in year three, four, five in your training, muscle building really becomes a game of consistency, patience, and to use a computer analogy, it's almost like a spy detector or an antivirus software that runs on your computer that's always in the background. It runs continuously, but for the most part, you're not even aware of it. Sometimes you actually need to check if it's still running because seemingly nothing is happening. Um, You know, when you click on the icon in the right bottom corner of your screen, you can see that the program is still open and does its thing. Fat loss, on the other hand, for one, there is an inherent faster pace that we're talking about here. You know, if we said that 25 pounds of muscle gained in a year is reserved to brand newbies who do everything correctly, 25 pounds of fat lost will take place in half of that time. And that's if you're doing it rather slowly. If you push it even moderately aggressively, then, you know, in four weeks, you can certainly see visual changes in your body, probably even after four weeks. And depending on how lean you were to begin with and how much you had to lose, you can even see big changes in two weeks or even daily. I mean, if your body flushes out a lot of water and you, you uh, reduce bloating in conjunction with putting yourself in a big calorie deficit, your body can produce pretty profound changes in your appearance pretty expediently. So fat loss, while it is harder from the standpoint that its biggest element is restriction and depriving yourself of something pleasurable and, well, fundamental to life, which is food, It is also gratifying in its nature of providing you with quick positive reinforcement. Now, with all that said, fat loss, while being faster than muscle gain, it is still slower than most of us would want it to be, which is, you know, partly human nature. If we can get something in X amount of time, then we want it in half of X amount of time. But this desire to speed things up is obviously even amplified more when the process involves, like I said, restriction, and I hate to use the word deprivation. Furthermore, uh, to get into the meat of our discussion today, there's just this weird psychological momentum that develops during dieting. And there's physiological as well as psychological resistance that we kind of need to overcome to gain this psychological momentum. So what is this momentum that I'm talking about? You know, many people say that fat loss gets harder over time. You know, the brilliant and awesome Lyle McDonald, for example, has his own (laughs) unique, really disheartening, depressing way of describing how, contrary to many other endeavors in life, fat loss starts out easy and then it gets harder over time as hunger increases and your metabolism adapts. And the thing is that even if that's true, because I think uh, we can strongly contest some aspects of this statement, especially the hunger component, Fat loss, when I look at the experience with people that I've seen over time succeeding with fat loss diets, and in my overwhelming personal experience, actually does become easier and easier to adhere to and to make progress with from a psychological and behavioral perspective as the process goes on. You know, initially, when you start out with a diet, it's kind of like starting out with cleaning up a messy bedroom or living room. You know, it's mess everywhere, just countless things at places where they shouldn't be. There's rubbish on the floor, maybe some dirty coffee mugs. You're looking at the whole thing and it's overwhelming. And when you start out with cleaning that mess up, you know, maybe you take out your coffee mugs to the kitchen, you throw out some rubbish that's laying around, but it's still a mess after those few initial steps. You're spending effort, you're sacrificing your free time doing it, but seemingly for the first few minutes, nothing is happening. So if you will, 
In that moment, you are experiencing all of the negatives of cleaning your room, but none of the positives. As you're progressing with the cleanup process, you already took out all the stuff that belongs to the kitchen, you threw out all the rubbish, you put back some stuff on the shelves, you made your bed. Then is the actual time to do some of the harder stuff, like vacuuming, cleaning your, the dust up from your desk, maybe even clean the windows. But by the time you actually get there, you have gathered some momentum. At that point, your room actually starts looking like an actual room. You know, you, you're encouraged at that point. And paradoxically, what you need to do at that point, like cleaning your windows potentially, is harder in an absolute sense than what you needed to do in the beginning, like taking out a few dirty cups to the kitchen. But the subjective experience is that it's relatively easier because you're in a better headspace. But to get to this point, you need to overcome that dysphoria that accompanies doing those first initial steps when seemingly nothing was happening. So, you know, I started out this article that I wrote by saying that in the first month of fat loss is when you can make really nice big strides in your fat loss efforts, but it's also when you need to overcome a ton of inertia. For one, like I said, it's just hard to get started. Probably up until that point you were eating in a surplus or you just didn't really care too much about what you were eating. You were just kind of yoloing things. Maybe for a while you had the feeling that you should start out with the fat loss phase, but you just couldn't quite will yourself to get started with it. And now you put yourself at a deficit. And initially, there's a good chance that you don't actually notice anything, except that your food selection is all of a sudden more restrictive. Maybe you're not eating that huge pasta dish for dinner anymore, but you're eating a salad with some protein. All of a sudden now, you're noticing how big of a role eating out played in your social life, and now you need to be mindful of that. And you know, the first week of doing this not for everybody, but for many people, can kind of open up this vicious scenario where you're experiencing many of the negatives of fat loss, but none of the positives yet. You know, if I really had to summarize this entire thing in one phrase, it would be, all beginnings are difficult. But, you know, it's an inevitable stage by definition of any undertaking. So what can we do in this stage to fight ourselves through this? And I think that it can help a ton if we do something here that gives us a nice kick in the ass and a nice bit of momentum. People say, and I would actually fully agree with this, that motivation and especially enthusiasm and inspiration are fickle little mental constructs that are sometimes serving us at other times they don't, and they are just unreliable and are just not good ways to establish long-term success. And as such, for the long run, we need other things to rely on if we want to succeed over time, such as habits, such as systems, such as setting up a positive environment for ourselves to make it easy to adhere. But at certain times, especially at the beginning of an endeavor that's going to take some time, such as a fat loss phase that's going to last anywhere from four weeks to eight to 12 or even many more weeks, loading up on some inspiration and enthusiasm can be a nice ally, if you will. So... Things I would recommend here, as goofy as that sounds, is setting and writing down your goal and where you want to be and what time frame. Like actually lay it out for yourself in detail what kind of weight loss you want to achieve and what body fat percentage you want to achieve. And be realistic, you know, don't try to set yourself a goal like going from 17% body fat to 8% in a month, like that's not going to happen, but be ambitious and be specific. And, you know, going from 20% down to pretty darn close to 10% in eight weeks is doable if you're doing things right. 
It can also help if you hire a coach. You know, me as someone who has worked with coaches in the past, I know that it's a nice feeling when someone takes you up and provides you with specific instructions. There's a nice, exciting anticipation that goes into waiting for your program and see what you'll work with. And it once again feeds into this initial enthusiasm and inspiration component that we talked about. I would also recommend that you start out strong and set yourself a weight loss rate that is on the higher end of what's appropriate given your body composition and body fat percentage initially. Uh, for this, I put together a little spreadsheet, nothing magical, but you can just plug in your data into that and it gives you the appropriate rate of fat loss initially if you want to shoot for uh, you know, a more aggressive deficit. So that spreadsheet is linked in the description. So all that I've talked about so far is when you're coming out of the gates initially. This phase is really characteristic of the initial period of fat loss. It's tough, it has a good bit of resistance associated with it, but it also subsides quite quickly. And if you start out strong, if you make use of the initial motivation that also luckily accompanies most of our fat loss phases, it can be overcome rather effectively. Now, the phase that comes after this is actually quite a bit tougher because this phase is what in my article I called slumpy middle phase, which I think is actually quite accurate. So props to pass me for coming up with this good name. And this is what I discussed with Lyle at the end of our interview that there comes this really annoying stage in the first half of most fat loss phases, especially when someone goes from an in-shape, lean-ish, but not very lean, to an actually lean physique. So classic case here would be 15-ish body fat percent guy going to 10%. And there's just this weird thing that happens in the first few weeks of fat loss here, where seemingly all that happens is that we get flatter and softer. You know, when you're, say, at 15, 16% body fat, you've been eating in a surplus for a while. While you may be a bit fatter than you would want to be, you're not necessarily a huge fan of what you see in the mirror with your shirt off. You're eager to start getting rid of your love handles. At the same time, you look relatively big and jacked with your shirt on. Your arms finally start looking like you lift. You know, even for me, for example, my arms are my genetic weak point, I guess. But when I'm at the higher end of my settling point, my arms just look full and they fill up my shirts out nicely. Also, my delts are full and look capped. And, you know, relative to my own size, I just look big with my shirt on. But when you take your shirt off, then you go, eh, I look a bit too soft. Now, when you start cutting, basically for a few weeks, you find yourself in this purgatory where you lose this illusion of bigness with your shirt on, your arms shrink, your delts lose from their capped look, but you don't really look lean yet with your shirt off. But at the same time, even with your shirt off, you see that loss of muscular fullness. It's, it just looks bad. I remember last year during a fat loss phase, I went to buy some new t-shirts for myself and I went to one of the fitting rooms in the store to try one of them on. And, you know, I was consistent with my fat loss. I was adhering and I was a, in a good three, four weeks in already, but I was right in the middle of this slumpy mid phase. And as I took my shirt off to try the shirt on that I bought, this harsh skinny fat reality just punched me in the face so hard. I mean, my arms looked skinny, my delts were depleted and my midsection was just soft and ugly. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to be here. And, you know, actually that was one of those moments when this whole concept of fat loss momentum first crystallized in my brain. I've experienced it before by that time, so it certainly wasn't new for me. For example, I remember upon my first initial few tries to get down to six-pack level leanness, this slumpy middle phase, because it was completely new to me, just confused me. I didn't know what to make of it. Like, 
I just saw myself getting smaller and flatter. I was not getting pumps in the gym anymore. I started to feel the calorie deficit, but at the same time, I was not seeing the improvement in my leanness. And that's where initially I frequently just aborted my fat loss phases because hell, this shit isn't worth it. So this stage is just a bitter one to swallow. And everybody goes through this. You know, if you're already very lean, so you're starting from 10% body fat, then it might be different. But if you're the average dude starting from the mid to high teens in body fat percentage and are trying to approach the single digit area, you will experience this most likely. So what do we do about this and how do we get through this phase? Well, the first thing that's really important is just simply knowing that this phase is going to subside in maybe two or three, maybe four weeks. For me, for example, it usually comes in the second week of fat loss, and by the fourth, maybe the sixth week, it subsides, and then I actually start to look leaner. Usually the way it goes is week one, nothing's happening, week two, skinny fat, week three, skinny fat, week four, skinny fat, but clearly leaner, week five, leaner, week six, okay, I'm getting lean, and then week seven, eight, okay, it's game on. I'm not very full. I clearly need to add back some calories to really see the fruits of my labor, but I'm getting nice and lean. So that's the first thing. Just know that it's normal. It's part of the process, and it will go away if you stay consistent. Second thing that we need to do here is something that I would argue is one of the hardest things for many of us and is one of the most important skills that we need to master in our fitness game is simply putting aside our tendency to expect short-term positive reinforcement. Because in this stage, the short-term reinforcement won't come from a little while. So at this point, the best thing you can do is simply put yourself on the right course and distract yourself from the act of fat loss. You know, think about other things and just trust the process. So I would recommend here that you start looking in the mirror less during this period. Don't inspect your physique too much, which is something that I'm doing right now. And actually rely on other means of evaluating your progress, like, dare I say, the scale or caliper readings. Uh, with the caliper readings, you can only realistically expect changes on a weekly as opposed to daily basis. So the scale here can actually be quite a nice thing to track. But if your body water dynamics tend to do funky things and you're prone to retaining a ton of water, that can be tricky. So for that reason, using something like calipers can be advantageous or waist measurement. But here, once again, fat loss tends to come from random places, especially for guys other than the waist. So that can be a little unreliable. So what it comes down to is finding that source of measurement that is most reliably reflecting the process for you and tracking that. For me, the scale is quite reliable, generally speaking. So in this week two to four period, I tend to focus most on my weigh-ins. Depending on who you are, I would also recommend generally uh, to consume less fitness content at this point, except for my podcast, of course, which is something I'm doing now. For example, on my commutes, I'm listening to Jordan Peterson clips and uh, the weekly 3DMJ podcasts. Uh, you know, when the 3DMJ guys don't put out new podcast episodes, then I feel depressed and I cry a little bit in the corner, but I'll get over it in a few hours. And, you know, I just embrace the fact that now is the time to thread water. And the key here really is that if you're hyper-focused on your fat loss during this period, that's just a surefire way to get frustrated and burn yourself out. So this is the slumpy middle phase. If you're past this, which will likely occur by about week four to six, then man, you've come a long way. For one, 
you've probably lost anywhere from, you know, four to maybe 12 pounds, which, you know, if you're a guy that's anything south of 20% body fat, that's a big deal. At this stage, not only have you made a very decent dent in your body fat stores, but you've also just got through the hardest phases of fat loss from a mental perspective. Now, actually comes the time where every week will be incrementally more gratifying and positively reinforcing. Now, every bit of fat that you lose is going to make a disproportionately large positive impact on your appearance. And this is what I talked about initially, that maybe physiologically fat loss at this point becomes harder, but at the same time, you have built up a ton of momentum by this point. You've overcome the psychological hardships, if you will, of fat loss. So like I said, if someone was to look at just pure physiology, they would say that this is where fat loss becomes the hardest because you're leaner, you have less leptin secreted, your metabolism perhaps adapted to fat loss somewhat. So everything is just moving slower and everything is just a bit of a drag. But I think what they leave out here is that at this point, psychologically, there's, there are just so many things playing to your advantage. For one, this is the point where you actually start to look lean. You know, after a good six to eight weeks of cutting, you're definitely noticing the fruits of your labor. Uh, more than likely, the people around you are also noticing it. You're probably used to all of the behaviors that you need to do on a daily basis. So the amount of food that you're eating and the types of foods you're eating at this point are probably normal to you. It doesn't feel weird and depriving anymore. And, you know, even the screw-ups that might occur have a different feel to them, typically. I find that people are much more likely to have these major fall-of-the-wagon type moments in the beginning of any given diet. You know, when they're in this middle slumpy purgatory phase where they feel the impacts of their restriction, but they don't really see the results of the fat loss yet, that's when these little mess-ups happen that is actually much more likely to turn into a massive roll downwards. At this point, at this latter point, so at the tail end of any fat loss phase, even if a lot of what has gone into that fat loss process was frustrating at times, you kind of start thinking that, okay... I worked on this shit for six to eight weeks. I'm not going to let this little thing screw things up for me. No, I'll be back on the wagon real quick. So you're basically on top of this wave, which initially was a bit hard or a bit of a pain in the ass to get up high, but now it's just a matter of riding it till the end. And I would also add, it's time to think about life after the cut is over and developing a smart exit strategy. So you typically want to end the cut, not with your biggest calorie deficit, but more like tapering off your deficit uh, towards the end. Now, if you were racing to get ready to some holiday or a specific event or something, then obviously this doesn't apply. You just got to do what you got to do. But otherwise, it's smart to finish your diet, not in the most depleted state. I guess you know what I mean here. And I should note, I bring to your attention my article or my podcast episode on how to end a cut. So yeah, uh, this is what I've been thinking about in the past few days. Uh, once again, it's more relevant for me too because I'm cutting and man, it's weird to be in a fat loss phase again. You know, a year ago, I wouldn't have said this. Then it would have been perfectly normal for me to be in a fat loss phase because that's what I've been doing all the time. Now, however, I've not been dieting for a good nine months. I'm kind of not used to it and I'm experiencing the middle of slumpy phase right now, big time. And I know that if I had not been here before numerous times, then probably this is exactly the time when I would quit because my arms and my shoulders don't fill out my shirts anymore. But at the same time, my midsection is just flabby and soft. People around me are starting to say that I look skinny because they see my face retaining less water. And of course, they see my shoulders shrinking a bit. Uh, you know, just yesterday, my girlfriend was saying, oh my God, you look so skinny. Please stop dieting. And 
And then uh, she saw me with my shirt off and then she was like, oh, you don't look so skinny like this, which was really sweet of her. This was basically her way of saying unintentionally that I look skinny fat. So whatever, the little battles of a cutting fitness enthusiast. But, you know, I know that in two weeks when I'll add more calories back, I'll fill out a bit more, so I will have less fat and more glycogen, more water inside the muscles, everything will be perfect, and I will finally be a happy person. No, just kidding. No, but, you know, I will walk around and sing, I'm too sexy for my shirt. No, I'm just kidding, but uh, this is all that I had to say. So guys, uh, hold your heads up if you're cutting, if you're just starting out. Uh, know that all beginnings are difficult. If you're two to four weeks in and you just look skinny fat, know that it's normal and it will pass soon. And if you're a good six to eight weeks in, then rock on and ride your wave of fat loss momentum till the end. So that's all I had to say. Once again, check out a few of the links in the description. First of all, check out the article I actually wrote on this topic. Check out the spreadsheet I linked to determine your calorie deficit for the cut. Check out my last interview with Lyle McDonald on rapid fat loss. And when you'll be done with your cut soon, check out the How to End a Cut podcast episode that I linked. And with that, thanks for listening to this whole thing. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a comment and subscribe if you watch this on YouTube. If you listen to this on iTunes, please leave a rating to help this stuff grow. SoundCloud and Podbeam, you can just follow me to be notified on future episodes. And to be a contributing member of this podcast, join the Sustainable Self-Development Facebook group where you can drop ideas about future podcasts. I very often ask my listeners for tips and advice on who to get on next. So if you're interested in getting into discussions like that, be sure to join the Facebook group. And if you don't want to go through the searching process, just click one of those links in the show notes slash video description. It is all there. All right. Thanks for hanging around up until now and see you next time.